Welcome to this segment from J Revolution. We are a non-profit evangelism and discipleship organization aiming to evangelize and disciple the lost, as well as help believers deepen their relationship and intimacy with God. We hope that you will be greatly blessed by this segment taken from our J Revolution Neogenesis program. Did you know that when you accepted Christ, you received a special gift? It is a gift like no other, and it is a gift that no one can give you. It only comes from God. It's a gift that cannot be bought, although some in history have tried to buy it when they saw its power. The gift is not an item. It's not a destination. It's not a purpose. It's not even a talent. But the good gift is a person. That person is the Holy Spirit. In our first session, we briefly looked at the fact that God is a three-part being, Father, Son, and Spirit. Today, our key focus will be around the Spirit of God. Peter, a disciple of Jesus, spoke to people who had recently started believing in Christ and said this, Receive the gift. It's important for you to learn about and enjoy this good gift the Father gives to us, His children. It's a new relationship for you to develop, and the reason He has given you this gift is that He does not want you to be alone, and He knew you would need company and a helper. It's very important to understand that you will never be able to adequately serve God, live a godly life, or understand the Word of God apart from the Holy Spirit. Where is he from? We first see the Holy Spirit in the first book of the Bible, Genesis. He was moving on the surface of the water when the earth wasn't even formed yet. In the Bible, before seeing God and knowing him as Christ, and before knowing him as Father, we see God as Spirit. Therefore, this highlights the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. As you read the Bible, you will see God as Holy Spirit, as Father, and as Son, Jesus Christ. But although He is known as all three, He is one God. We call this the Trinity. Three parts of God, yet still one. In Genesis, we see God refers to himself, themselves, in the plural. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Although he is three parts, no part is more important than the other. But all three, Father, Son, and Spirit, are God. 
As I'm sure you can see that there are three different images displayed here and they all have distinct differences that you can see. If you touched each of them, they would feel uniquely different as well. They are three different forms in the pictures above, juice, pulp and fruit. Yet all three forms are the same substance, an orange. If you had to taste each different form of the orange, they would taste exactly the same. Yet they still each have a unique and different form. They are one thing, yet we see them here in different forms. The orange is also made up of different elements like the skin, the juice, the pulp. You cannot just grow the skin or the pulp. All of these different parts make up the orange. It is the same with the Trinity. God is not three different gods. He is one God. The Holy Spirit is a part of God and is God and has been there from the very beginning. God wants to be with us and he does this through the Holy Spirit. This is the way he communicates and fellowships with us on the earth. What is he like? The helper. Whether you have received Christ recently or a long time ago, you know how difficult it can be at times to turn away from sin or resist temptations that come along. Although your spirit is reborn when you receive Christ, you still live in a body with flesh that has fleshly and sinful desires. We have three key enemies that will come against us and bring conflict in our walk with God. First, the world. Many things of the world will tempt us, success, money, power, etc. Second, the flesh. Our spirits are saved, but our flesh will still be tempted. Your flesh is hostile towards God. And third, the devil. God's enemy and our enemy will try and draw you away from God. We learn more about him in session six, entitled, Know Your Enemy. However, for now, it's important to understand that Satan has no power over you besides what you allow. He is defeated by Jesus on the cross. He can entice you and tempt you, but he cannot force you to do anything outside of your will. In God, we are not alone in the battle against our fleshly desires. Jesus knew that our soul would need to be changed and transformed. Although our spirit is completely saved, our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, still needs to go through a process. Jesus said these words regarding the Holy Spirit in John 14:16, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. The helper, the Holy Spirit, walks with you to help you. In chapter 1, we spoke about the plan of God to bring you back into relationship with Him as Father. The word Christians use to describe this process is justification, which means to be put back into right relationship with God. This happened immediately when you accepted Christ. But His plan for you doesn't stop there.
He is also known as the Sanctifier. This is a very important one for you to understand. Even though your spirit has been reborn, your mind and emotions are still filled with its old ways of thinking, habits you have formed, and thought processes that you have built up over the course of your life. As you move forward as a follower of Christ, you will start learning to think in a new way and build up new habits and thought processes. Therefore, you will experience inside-out change. The word we use for this process is called sanctification, which is the transforming of your worldly mind into the mind of Christ. You will still desire things that you know you shouldn't, and even though you are in a right relationship with God through what Jesus Christ did for you through salvation, you still have maturing to do, and this process is progressive. One day when you leave this earth, you will be separated from the presence of sin entirely, and this we call glorification. This will happen when you die and enter eternity with God. There will be no presence of sin, and you will be eternally in the presence of God in heaven. The Message Bible says it this way in 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, And so, we are transfigured much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like Him. Our transformation is a work of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.13, it says, For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. The Holy Spirit helps us get rid of the desires and weaknesses of our flesh and soul, which we all have. This is an ongoing relationship and process, and as temptation and trials come and go, the Holy Spirit will keep you and help you overcome these things if you walk according to the Spirit and depend on Him. Thank you for taking the time to listen. We hope you enjoyed this segment from our J Revolution Neogenesis program. For access to our full program and other free resources we have available to help you deepen your relationship with God, visit us at www.jrevolution.net.